This is Joseph Gervaisi. I'm here with Jim Shomo. It is May 5th, 2013. We are recording this interview outside the International House on a beautiful day uh, during the X-Fest. And this is part of Loud Fast Philly. Hi, Jim. Hi. Uh, so what year were you born and where were you born? Uh, I was born in 1988 uh, in Media, Pennsylvania. Yeah, okay. Just uh, like half hour southeast, I guess. So was Philly a place that you came into at a young age, or I mean, yeah? Was your, yeah. Um, I, uh, my parents were uh, huge like like Phillies fans, and we weren't necessarily like a sports family, but they like all of my family really loved like the Phillies and like being from Philadelphia, I guess. So it was like even though we lived in the suburbs, like the week I was born, I was brought to a Phillies game. Wow! So you were just a tiny so was, little baby. Like I was like yeah, I was like like a week old, and they they brought me to a game. Um, so I was always traveling like at least like two or three times a month to the city, like from we like we like relocated to Boothman, Pennsylvania, which is like a little closer to like ninety five. And I have like really vivid memories of like uh driving up ninety five south, like towards the city and like seeing the stadiums and the skyline mm -hmm. uh like ever since I was like very young. Yeah, so you had the early yeah. imprint of Philadelphia. Yeah, it was yeah, yeah. like like I I guess I like I, I would always come from the suburbs, but we lived the, I was, it was like good and bad, but it was like fortunate that I, I moved to a town that was like really close to a regional rail train. So like by the time I was in high school, I was like going to the city like three or four times a month, just like regional, except it was a lot cheaper then yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. So it was, it was um, a lot easier to like save up like allowance money and, and buy a round trip ticket and go to shows or, or do right. anything like that. Right, right. So, so, so yeah. pre-shows, pre what were yeah. your, your interests before discovering or coming into punk? I guess like I, um, uh, I mean, I was, I was interested in music. My, my, uh, my father was, was like a, he was a guitar player and he was, uh, he was like in cover bands and, and things like that. And, uh, he sort of like rock or a top four yeah like rock like rock and roll yeah. really like he like a, for instance like on, on christmas one year my brother my brother and i both got two cds and his was uh my aim is true by elvis costello and mine was uh mine was um ziggy stardust and the spiders from mars and i ended up very quickly just like superseding both of them and so i had from like a very young age i was like already exposed to yeah. to like things that were like musically inclined and i i had like fortune of of uh of uh having like a cool cousin like a cousin who was like he was like into grunge in in the 90s mm -hmm. but it was like in, in a suburban way so i i the most like i guess like really like i heard about green day when i was like like three or four right. i guess or when i was maybe maybe older than that i guess but like but i i like had an understanding of like what a band was mm -hmm. uh so so that was something that like i didn't i didn't put together but i was also like i mean i wasn't very like athletic but I was into like baseball and I would play like we lived near woods and we would like hide, hide like hike in the woods and like do stuff like that and I didn't I didn't like when we moved from media Pennsylvania to Booth Wynn I like changed schools when I was very young and I had a uh, I had uh, I had a, like a lot more like friends when I was in like second grade I can remember like second grade being like second grade school is cool like everything's fun yeah. like I enjoy this and then I moved to this new place and no one knew me and I and I had no friends and it was like uh, I kind of like the the normal suburban like kid and kid like like not knowing anybody in a new town and like not really knowing what to do so I kind of like hung up by myself and uh, like I had like some neighborhood friends but not anyone that I was really close with so it wasn't really until I got a little bit older and got into like into like it, essentially I found like the Ramones and the Ramones were what like connected everything for me it was like this this idea of like oh like this is this thing this thing called a punk band and like there's other people that do it and they still do it so how was, old were you about when you when you discovered the Ramones and started to make these kind of connections I think, was, I think I was 12 okay yeah, and so then very young, yeah. and then uh, I, I had like a CD copy of it's alive that I bought when I was like 13 and then like and I bought it because I knew that like Green Day covered the Ramones essentially and and I, I so it came from that that it was like this connection of like Green Day covered this band that was a like the first punk band or was an early punk band in my yeah. mind and then and then and then like that connection was sort of made of this like circle 
of like all these different bands. Another one that what was really important to me was the Foo Fighters actually, which mm-hmm. was like kind of fun. I remember like asking for a Foo Fighters CD for Christmas because I knew that Dave Grohl was in Nirvana and yeah. my cousin, my cool cousin, like Nirvana. So yeah. it was like this yeah. is the new Nirvana band. Yeah. So it, like those connections sort of like kind of cycled. And I've always, I've I, I enjoy like finding those those things in punk still i think actually is like those web of interconnections yeah 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 Yeah, i guess it's a a huge tangled web at this point yeah it's really it's really cool yeah yeah so you discover this thing and i guess there's a point where you realize that it's there's a scene involved like there's people doing stuff and things Mm -hmm. like that uh did you did you feel right away that this this might be like the home for you or something that would be you know really your thing beyond just the music but yeah yeah i i knew that um I think it, it, because being young, it took a long time to separate the music aspect uh, for a while. But I think as I, uh, one thing that like really cemented it for me was that I, I had like, I had friends who were like, like punks, like punk friends who, who went to the other school. Like I went to the nicer school and they went to the like slightly not nice school. Right. So they were like the cooler punk kids in my mind. And uh, they were the ones who were, like, encouraging me to, like, go to shows. They knew about shows. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of, like, a reciprocal thing of, like, of like, I can, if I meet these people, I can go to these things that I really want to go to. And uh, I guess, like, uh, the first time that it really hit was when I, I went to go see, uh, I, I saw DOA at, at the, uh, it was, like, a DOA reunion at the Upper Darby American Legion Hall. Mm-hmm. Um, at like 69th Street and we had to take like four buses and it like I didn't get home until four in the morning I was like 15. Did your was, parents alright with that? They were like okay with it and and it was like a weird situation that like that was the first time where I ever like got away with it that it was okay mm-hmm. and, that, and then it was like oh like I can do this and then um, a rather unfortunate thing that sort of cemented like having like uh, a, a deeper connection with like uh, people outside of my like immediate family was uh, that my my father committed suicide when I was 17 and um, and uh, like punk at the time punk and making like artwork in high school um, was kind of the two things that were just like keeping me like intact in that situation yeah was like was like it became like this thing that was just like all right I need to do this because I because otherwise I uh, like you know I would have had just like I would have like wasted away I guess yeah, yeah. essentially and it, and that's something that I still think about today but it, it was also like I'm, I'm happy for it in a sense in that like it kind of like kicked me into gear of like I'm gonna move away from the suburbs and move away from like this like life that like my my like immediate family had had turned into essentially which was like a pretty nice suburban like not necessarily well to do but like we're we're doing fine and and to to like a single parent with with two kids and like my mom's on social security like all of a sudden and and this so your father was the main provider he was the main provider my mom had my mom works full-time she still works very hard but uh but it was like we like lost that provider it was just gone and it and it was really harsh and really like i kind of shocked like it's something that i still have trouble with you know obviously but but it's so like, were there no um, no signs? I mean, I don't want to, you know, if it's a weird thing, we don't have to talk about it. But were there no signs that, that your father was? It actually was. Um, it's something that I've thought about. Was that uh, uh, he was very silent about it. He was very stoic in general, and um, he he struggled with with uh, alcohol, uh, but it was never anything that was present amongst like uh, my younger brother and I, or amongst like the immediate family. It was normally like he he was for the most part, as far as I knew, up until. A few, even a few years ago, I I was under the assumption that he was sober his entire life because I've I've uh, I I've, I've never drank or done drugs like ever, um, and that was like a, a thing that I uh, decided very young when I was like in in I remember being in like in health class in like fourth grade and being like I don't my parents don't do this why should I do it because they right, right. they used to do it and they stopped and and so I made the decision where I was just like I'm not going to do this and that was before. And I, and I, I would consider myself straight edge or, or something like that, but that was before I knew anything about straight edge or, or like any sort of culture based around that. Mm-hmm. Um, so for, in my mind, like I was doing this as like a, as like a token towards my family, as like a, a symbol of like, of respectfulness. And the last time that I, I saw him, I saw my, my father alive was, he was drunk. Cause he was, 
trying to kill the pain for for the the situation at hand, I guess. Right. Um, but he, uh, he like he was laid off from his job, and he was like depressed, but not like outwardly depressed. And it, and it's something that I've learned more about myself and the way my family functions is that they actually like there's a lot of like inward depression and they and they tend not to speak outward right but the facade is the facade everything is, is fine yeah yeah, yeah and right. and punk is something that i've i've like grown to admire and part of the reasons that i as admired as much as i do is that it's it's something that like breaks that down and is something that like that like really encourages me like whenever i i do feel depressed to like to like be more outward about that idea or about like what i'm what i'm thinking about or what i what i do because i have this history in 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 that like in that like I know that if I don't like I like something yeah you happened. see the worst yeah, possible yeah. end result of yeah that. yeah and yeah. punks tend to wear you know the emotions sort of yeah the and outside. so that that was something that that like always encouraged me and I think is like something that still I grapple with in in like familial relations is like having a, a sort of outward tendency towards dealing with those things mm-hmm. where if I if I because it makes things like I think difficult unfortunately but like it's a way to get by and it's like I, I like see it's it's weird because like I think that actually is like to to completely roundabout of like having that breakdown of like punk becoming like less about um, a musical choice or something that I'm into into uh, something that is like more an outlook of like a way to live your life or a way to like yeah, yeah, feel like feel better about life and make a change in your own life I guess mm-hmm. were you when when your yeah. father committed suicide were you involved in the punk community enough that you kind of took advantage of the community aspects or were you still kind of on the peripheral at the time that you couldn't really get that kind of community yeah. support that you might have wanted at the time well at 17 I was still I was still in high school in the suburbs and I don't I didn't have a car still don't have a car um, Me failed my, I found my driver's license test the other day <laughs> well you like live in the city so yeah yeah it's okay uh, but I, um, so I, so I, I was still a peripheral, uh, in a sense. And I had like, I had, um, a, a, a good enough group of friends to deal with, but I, but, um, meeting people in the city and going to shows became like a much more like important event for me of like, of like going to really good shows. And like, I, around that time I started to like the, the dissolution of the sort of like strict household rules kind of like allowed me to explore like of being like hey I'm gonna go to the city and like stay with a friend for for a couple days rather than like having a strict boundary to be home yeah and, and I guess you were also like 17 18 so yeah so I was getting a little bit older yeah, right. yeah and that and that like that allowed me to um, to sort of like stretch those rules and I started to meet people uh, there was this one band in particular, which is, it's going to be funny, like, mentioning this on, on record. It's this, this band called Great Caesar's Ghost, who were, like, a, um, a suburban, like, hardcore punk band. Um, and they, uh, their singer especially was very supportive in that he was older, but he would, they, they lived a few towns over, and they would encourage, he would encourage me to, like, come with them to shows. And it was the first time that I ever, like, went somewhere apart from Philadelphia for shows. And I would, like, ride along, and it was, like, it's, like, thinking back on it now, that kind of sucked. I was, like, the young kid. I would ride in, like, the trunk of their SUV. <laughs> like, I wouldn't even get a seat because yeah. it didn't fit. And then, it, But I would go because it was, like, oh, I can go see bands. And I would, yeah, yeah. So I would go to, like, Baltimore, New Brunswick, and, like, it was, like, one-off things. But it was, like, it was the first experience of, like, having a connection outside of, of like, of, like, my local area. And I knew that bands came from other places, but it, like, to have that, like, connection was really important and an interesting about uh interesting thing about uh rambo i guess and we were just talking about rambo yeah pre 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 interview was like at their at their last show i remember it was like one of those things that i can still talk to people about and like kids my age or anyone within like maybe like four years above or four years below within like a a tri-state area there's normally like for most people that I talk to, they were there, and it's like, and most people that are still involved in and do things 
like and it's like people from Baltimore, people from Boston, people from like New York or New Brunswick. They were all there. It's like somehow like all of these people were at this one event. Yeah. Which yeah. is pretty central. And that was like right that was the I remember that the weekend of that show was like my high school prom. And I remember I went to prom and it sucked and then I went to Rambo's last show. And it was like the last like of like, all right, this this part of my life sucks, but this part of my life is really good. So Yeah, yeah. So and then after that I um I like grad that summer I graduated and I moved to I moved to the city uh, to start school at Tyler School of Art and uh, and it's sort of like that's where like my my more involved like less periphery uh, like line started I guess mm-hmm. within the city when I started to meet more people yeah so yeah. so is it uh, we'll, we'll kind of go into that in a second but mm-hmm. as a young person uh, Punk had clearly been around for yeah. a really long time at this point. So one of the things I, was, I would ask people who are on the younger end of the spectrum, the people that I've talked to, when coming into something that has been around for such a long time, what what does it look like like so many years on? Like, does it seem weird that you, you become involved in something that you know goes back to the mid to late 1970s in, in one form or mm-hmm. another, or does it still seem like this really vital thing? Or like, what, what is your what are your impressions as a young person looking yeah. at this thing as you come into it? I think like coming into it. Um, I mean, also, like, uh, my my position of, like, being from the suburbs, I think, as, as I've reflected on it lately, is, has become very important to me, of, like, experiencing punk now in the suburbs is, like, a very different thing than I think a lot of people, and I mean, I can only say this because I, because I experienced it, but I, I feel like it's a very much a different experience than like someone from the 90s who would experience in the suburbs or is that like it's a very specific experience of how, like, how do you just go ahead i guess because like uh like i came into punk when punk had already broken or when punk was already like a, a thing that it had been made like of what you're talking about that it had already been established yeah. of the idea that like punk and even like even like diy ethos had been like established or of the idea of like that that a do-it-yourself ethic was like already promoted via television and the internet or of like you know i i grew up listening to like to like the newer green day album you know like american idiot came out and people were excited when when i was younger yeah yeah. and 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 that and that was on a tail end of like also picking up on other things that were more interesting or more like i guess a certain people would say underground but like but I, I think it's important that like that choice was made. That even that like kids now like it was it it was cool that like I think about it now like it's very it's very cool that like I know as many people that I do that are are doing things themselves um, in spite of those things. And I, I think that's something that a lot of people's analysis of like current punk m- misses. Um, so when you say in spite of, like, what do you what do you mean? In like in in spite of having as many, like, like it seems like when I talk to older people, they they talk about like kids these days have have all these resources and they have the internet and they have like and they have uh, like like they they had punk on TV to like you didn't nec- I didn't necessarily have to like send out a zine to buy a Dookie at, at a CD store, you know? Right, right. Like uh, it was like. It was like I I had everything provided for me, but like I, and I, I admit to that. Like I feel as if that's like an important part of me coming into punk mm-hmm. is that like in spite of like having as much provided for me as I could, like and the people around me like having as much as they could, they still sifted through and found like what was more uh, important or what was yeah, yeah. what was the like the essentially sort of like the, the ethos and yeah, the yeah. heart of it. And I think that's like. To, to do that in spite of, of like massive distribution and online and songs being online and available streaming and like all mm-hmm. those all those different things like those like technological arguments yeah. is that it sort of renders all of them irrelevant when when uh, when you when you think about the idea that like that like oh like you interviewed Will McAndrew who's like 20 years old and yeah. he like he like moved here three years ago and he has I mean talk about a person who has internet presence but uh, but. Uh, but he's he's still like he does everything for himself, and he's like in a hundred bands, and, and he like does all those different things. Or like uh, like uh, my my good friend Eddie, who was like working inside, who was like he's nineteen, and he just like moved here, and he just he just gets it, you know. Like there are kids that get it, yeah. And I, and that's I think the most important thing about it is that like there is there is some sort of heart or some sort of like center to 
Cyberpunk that runs through, that has been run, running concurrent since, like, 1975 or whenever, yeah, till yeah. till 2013. Yeah, it's exactly what I wanted to look for in yeah. this thing and in talking to people. Is that it was it was very heartening to talk to people who were significantly younger than me who still had almost the same view of the ethos. You know, the yeah. same thing that I kind of grew up with and and tried to put out there. And the other in my contemporaries, I don't want to just you know, bring it to me, but. It's nice to see that there is this through line, you know, like you're saying, moving through this thing, and that it still draws people into like this essential core of really doing this stuff. Uh, so it's good to see that. Yeah. Um, well, I guess I kind of we're moving ahead a little bit, but I'll, I'll kind of go with this. It, it ties into a question that I've asked other young folks who, coming up in the age where there's an R5, say. Yeah. Uh, so there's these shows that are well organized. They're not staffed by thugs. They mm-hmm. kind of you know, deal with all kinds of tastes, but they're, they're, they're catering to the underground. And these things are presented um, at a reasonable price as well. If you grow up with these shows made available to you, my concern or my question for some of the people that I talked to was that, was there an element of the DIY ethos that was sort of lost uh, for a while there in that it was, it was there? And I mean, yeah. so many other cities didn't really have something like that, and Philly had it. So would younger people see the nuts and bolts of doing a show and then in turn want to do it themselves? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, like, uh, specifically the, the church in general was, like, really important for most people and, and myself, I guess, like, in, in general. Like, going to a show at the church was sort of, like, a rite of passage of, like, okay, you're into punk now, you know? Cause, and it wasn't even that hard to get to, but it was just, like, being able to go there. There was something, like, very... I've, I've since, like, just recently began to like help with our five church shows and it was like uh, a very like this is sound this is gonna sound so nerdy and stupid but like it was very surreal to like roll out that carpet with like the letters on it mm-hmm. because like it's weird because it's like the thing that I saw in the against me DVD when I was like that I would look for when I was like yeah you yeah know, when, well it's like a little bit of yeah. magic yeah it's, yeah, like, it's so this you... weird magic th- like to be as as bashful and dumb as I can be is that like that like there is like a certain like uh, there's something to that and I and I think it, it is interesting that it's something that hadn't hit me until recently that there isn't a lot of like things like that otherwise and there was a, a period I don't I don't know that the church necessarily or that R5 necessarily like uh, put the seed in my head of like booking my own shows um, but it did it did like make shows more important I think it, it made like being into bands because I would still like it is still like it's cool that there is a DIY ethos, and that bands, bands that I that I like that were like local were playing show or opening shows rather than like big clubs where it'd be like some sort of package thing. Because I, I did come up like some of the like first first shows I went to were like the Electric Factory, the TLA, and it was like this package tour, and mm-hmm. they all play the same thing. It was a barrier, and you know you yeah. can't if you have like. I don't know a pen in your pocket or something. You're like frisked, for yeah, like, and that's problem. like intimidating. Yeah, and I and it was and it was also it was also cheap, like which was which was like a, a huge thing. It was just like to be able to like it was also a good the church was like a good place that like you could tell your mom that you're because it's like a, a place, but it's yeah. like it was you could yeah, get and it's twenty first and chestnut. Yeah, so it's like twenty first and chestnut. So it's not like Philly or yeah. some place where you know you're gonna yeah. get jacked. It was different than going to some random side street in like in like West Philly. Yeah, and it's, like a some weird punk yeah, it's a church. Yeah, it's a church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, they're Unitarians, but still, yeah, it's, it's a church. Yeah, yeah. 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 they uh, never like probed that far, but the, so I think it was like it didn't necessarily like it. It definitely provided. There was definitely like flyers. I remember like I. I Philly is a place that I, I like. I, I still like love flyers so much, and I think flyers are like the coolest thing. Do you ever. collect the flyers? Yeah, I, I have like I was going through like a I have like a big box of just like stupid. I don't even look at them, but I just have them. Yeah. And it's just like, and it's just of like the accessible. There was definitely like a sense of like it was a good place to like find out about other shows or like find out about other places. Um, yeah, because there's a these table. Big shows. Yeah, with the, yeah. The shit ton which of still, which still happens now. Like it was, it was cool to like work at a show and like have a bunch of flyers for like local shows like happening in houses and have like young kids pick up flyers and be like, yeah, you should go to this. Yeah. Show. If you like this band, you should go see this band. And that the the more like the circular the connection of like this per like that band that you really like has members of this band that's from here or something like that, and yeah. and they'll they're playing this show, so you should go. And and I, I. Uh, 
I definitely like that as like a, a meeting place, but I can't say that it, like I I didn't really like start getting into like booking my own shows until I like really started like and still until after going to shows there and going to other house shows mm-hmm. where before it like really clicked I yeah. think but but as a as a um, as a tool to like to like put people in the right direction it's definitely very valuable yeah because I guess if you're going yeah. to Electric Factory no one's going to be bringing in flyers for other shows because the yeah. bouncer thinks that you're going to like stab somebody with the flyers or, yeah. or they don't want the competition kill someone with a paper cut <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. Uh, but then here you can kind of put the pieces of the puzzle together because you know they're all yeah. there yeah. yeah very much uh, so. so there's a point then that you start to become involved in doing shows in, in different I guess houses right yeah there uh, I um, I I uh, well, I guess I, I moved in like 2007, and in like 2007, 2008, I I started going to more shows. Like, uh, uh, I was fortunate enough to to be to move to the city when Disgraceland was still active, which is like one of my favorite punk venues ever. Did you want to describe for those who don't know what that is a little bit about? I guess like where Disgraceland, they and what Disgraceland they were about. was like a, a house with an apartments in South Philly. Um, it's like now defunct. I think people live in the apartments still. Um, and uh, and it was essentially the whole bottom floor was like made to do shows with like a small stage and a bar in the back, and it was it. Uh, I saw like uh, I just I don't know. I, it was a it was an inviting place to go, but it was also like kind of it instilled the sort of like I didn't know much about South Philadelphia at the time. It wasn't like an area that I had explored. Um, it was much easier to get to West Philadelphia from where I was from, mm-hmm. um, so it was so it was like it felt way more urban and way more like gritty to like go to that place. Yeah. So seeing show, I saw like I saw Vitamin X play there at like a matinee show at like at like uh, I think like 3 p.m. or something, and it was like one of the wildest shows, like the earliest and wildest show I've ever like. It was so like it's very much like a a place that like reinforce like do I want to do this like this it was that was very much that place was really cool because it you knew that people live there but you knew that like they live there and live there to do shows to like do like that that is like what connected it for right. me so it's like they, they were kind of like they made it. they they put drywall on the walls so that so that people could bump into the walls and like they set up like they had these they had these box frames with like handles on them that they would put in the windows to like block for sound mm-hmm. and like all and 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 they, they had built a stage so that was like a thing that that really like connected and i went to other there was other like basement shows i went to like planet molly uh also also known as veggie plex in like west philly i think like 47th um uh and i saw like government warning there and that was like really that was really influential and like a lot of those i think it was also fortunate and like i really like a lot of those like uh, I guess like the the sort of no way grave mistake like 80s US hardcore type bands it's mm-hmm. kind of like what I'm into yeah, so yeah. so it was fortunate enough at the time that a lot of those bands were popular I remember like uh, I never got to go to Pointless Fest because um, I got I was too scared because I was just like <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm like I'm like in high school I don't know what these bands are but I remember like yeah. listening to bands and listening to like bands like Direct Control and like and being like oh this band sounds like you know bad brains and like minor threat oh cool yeah, like yeah. awesome like a band that is current that does this uh i can actually like be into this rather than like you know some like metalcore band that would play at like a skating rink in my hometown or whatever in uh-huh. the suburbs yeah. so it was, that was like another connection was like those the there was like there were also like good bands that were playing but i i um i it was cool to like that there was like enough like places that I could go to around the city and I started to like have more because I I was like living on Temple so it wasn't very it was very much like Disneyland like bright lights and you go to the dining hall and everything but then I could like three times a week go outside and like actually enjoy living in the city yeah um and then in in like in 2000 the summer of 2009 I moved into uh the first house that I'd ever lived into I was I was uh I just turned 21 years old and uh uh, signed a year lease for a place at 48th and Haverford that was called the Terror Dome, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, so did it already have the name when you came into it? Or it took you... it took a couple months. We didn't have our. I remember we had our first show booked before we lived in the house. I, I booked the show. Uh-huh. It was this band, Red Handed, from California. Um, so uh, clearly, you wanted to get in good with the landlord, like before you even moved yeah. in, by having a band. The cool. There. Well, the cool. Uh, 
it was like it was a lot of weird things with this house because it was like a house that was built to do shows it had it it was like a normal west philly like row house but the woman who lived there uh was this like wild this wild lady who just loved to have parties and sound systems mm -hmm. uh so she took she had done renovations to the house and took out like normally a house is like in West Philly, you like go in through, you go in and there's like a living room and there's like another back room, probably like a dining room and then like an entrance to the kitchen. But this woman wanted to have parties, so she so she tore down that wall in between those two that rooms massive and made room. this massive room that yeah, could yeah. fit like 200 people in it and built a stage with an entrance to uh, the back door. So there was like a foot and a half high stage. Yeah, yeah. Like, so we came in and looked at this house and we were like, Oh my God! Like this is the house that we need to live in. Was it a complete turnover? Like was this woman and her people all leaving, and then you people it all was, coming in? Or? It had also been abandoned. Okay. I think she lived there and had done the renovations, and then it had been abandoned. And our landlord had bought it under like shady circumstances. We're not totally sure the legality of this lease because we got away with like our our rent was like it was like six kids. I was 21. I think the youngest person that lived there was like 17, maybe 17 going on 18, and uh -huh. had like a co-signer and. And our rent was like two. It was like two hundred dollars a person, oh, and man, just like it was falling apart, yeah, and man, just I like yeah, it's it was like like in looking at it now, it's like I I would never do it. But like it's a great place to be like at that age. At it that was time, a great. It was the best first house to ever live in because it like so we had we had like met with the landlord and and uh, and and we like um, my my good friend Ryan Hendrickson. Um, who has also like book shows in the city and like his he's still involved in doing things i live with him now but uh he he's like the smoothest landlord talker i've ever he's so professional when he when he deals with that stuff and he he's he came up with he's like yeah we so we we're we're in bands and we we he had this phrase like we we work with music and the landlord said oh okay so she took the noise clause in our lease and literally like took the lease the like professional copy and just took a pen and crossed it out but of course so so we were yeah. literally given like not necessarily like licenses but we were given license to have music in the house yeah, yeah. and it was and our landlords we lived in like north like just north of market on in west philly so none of our neighbors gave a shit they were awesome people the best neighbors ever uh i, I hope that one, at least one of them hears that because they were like the coolest people like some of them we still like hang out with every once in a while we see in the neighborhood they're yeah. like so cool but um so we so we like already had it like i had the show booked and everything and then uh it was just like yeah it was just a, it was like a building that was made to do shows and it also had like a back like a living room space apart from that huge room and then like six it was six of us in a house and it and, it, and um that uh that house did 80 shows in a year wow um a lot of shows. and uh it was uh i lived there from the beginning of the lease through may because um, at the same time i was in school uh and i and i got into this yale artist program um and i had to leave early uh so i actually missed the end of that of that house which i i'm still like sad about to this day but it was sort of like it was a great learning experience because it like it was one of those things where I, at like 21 years old, it, I had already kind of like, it felt as if I had like accomplished this thing that I'd wanted to do for, since I was like, you know, like 14, mm -hmm. was to, like that, of like move to the city, have a house, do tons of shows. Like, yeah. And th and there was like all these great like bands, bands from, from out of the country. And we did like a, we did a Paint It Black secret show there uh, that had like 250 people at it. And it was like, it was the most people I've ever like, it was the biggest show I've ever been involved with. Yeah. And like, and the, we did some like there was one show that that happened there that like, I mean there was also some like really bad show. I don't know. There was like a lot of damage was done to the house. Essentially, it was tile floors, and and it was like, at one point there was a there was a hole that collapsed in the corner, of of the of the house near near the stage, uh, that like there was literally like a hole that that the floor <laughs> part of the floor yeah. collapsed, um, and uh, but on top of that like the house was like was like destroyed and we had this like landlord meeting where we were kind of trying to figure out like what to do because the landlord was was like unresponsive and like the reason i i say the legality was like kind of strict was this is like in thinking about it now if i had done this now and the, and this house was rented under any legal terms i would probably like i don't know be in huge debt or in jail i guess because of like we like destroyed this house like oh, i feel yeah, bad yeah. about how bad 
the the house was. I don't imagine you got your security deposit back. We didn't. We that was a clear line that we drew when we moved in. That was another. It's like I think forget this. The landlord had. I think the landlord didn't know what she was getting into because we were very much like. I remember Ryan and I like having a conversation before we moved in of like we want to do this all the time, five shows a week. Like do as many as possible. Like just as long as it doesn't suck and it's cool. Like we yeah. just want to do. Like we just want to say yes and like like connect with all of our friends like all of it and i met so many people through that house there's people that i know today that i just like i've like which which was like i was really fortunate to be a part of it but uh, the uh, towards the end there was like a meeting we had with the landlord that essentially ended up being like was like i'm a bad landlord but you guys destroyed my house so take i'm taking your security deposit don't don't talk to me don't ever come back so we kind of won that it's, Yeah, it's probably about the best you could ever the best, hope for. Yeah, it was the best yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure this person knows that, like, suing a bunch of kids yeah. is never going to work. They're not going to get anything from yeah, it, yeah. so why yeah. even bother? That clause is probably not crossed yeah. out in future incarnations of the lease, but yeah. Yeah, it seemed to have worked pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. And then, I guess, post that, that kind of led into, like, a this, like, every house I've lived into up until the past... Up until a few months ago has been a house that has done shows um, since then. So what are some of the names? I'm always fascinated with people's house names and so how there they was, come up with them. So there was Terradome. Uh, Terradome came, we were listening to the, is that Ice, Ryan's going Ice Cube? Is it Ice Cube? Is it Welcome to the Terradome? Yeah, the Welcome public to the Terradome. Public, uh, public Enemy, actually, it was yeah. probably that. Yeah, I, I forget. There was something that, it was a hip-hop song. Yeah, yeah it was I'm, probably I'm a poser public. for not, like, knowing what it is. But, <laughs> but it was it was that, Terradome came from that, and then... There was actually a, a long string of like uh, fake names for Terranum because at one point we um, we uh, we were threatened by not threatened but um, we were supposed to have a, a secret like Ted Leo acoustic show that got over the word got out and it, and it was like pretty much like not a secret and um, and uh, these plain clothes undercover uh, licensing inspection agents showed up. Uh, and we canceled the show. There was coincidentally like a death uh, of one of Ted Leo's friends, and he canceled the show. But um, we managed to avoid avoid these like uh, plainclothes like uh, undercover agents who were going to shut come, us down. Did they come? Did they come in with the audience or by themselves? There was no audience because oh. the show was canceled ahead of time. So these two nerdy guys. There was these two. There was two guys in in like white clothes, drinking coffee in an unmarked car uh, yeah. outside of our house, who were very clearly like federal like really government related people and they and they saw some of our friends who had like come down for the show but missed like missed the uh like they were like oh well, the show's not gonna happen we're just gonna hang out and they came up to them because they saw them walking to the house and they were like do you guys know where the where the show is happening and they were like we don't know what you're talking about yeah. and then and then come to find out we like did some sort of like probing we figured out that our our address had been uh leaked by uh, city paper a few times, okay. um, which is an ongoing problem uh, that I that I actually have. There's a lot of like uh, at the same time there was a, there was another house called Ava House in, in South Philadelphia that was doing shows on a concurrent level of like what we were doing, and it was really cool. But they they had the same problem. Cops shut them down because their address was posted in the, in the paper. Yeah, I guess the paper wants to show like how like they know about all the really cool stuff. Yeah. But really, what they wind up doing is just kind of like squashing those events by drawing that much attention to them. Yeah. There was a there was a place recently called Bookspace in in like the uh, like Northern Liberties I don't know, the North Philly area that got they did like a, a front page piece on them on the events that they were doing and like within a week their space was shut they're like they don't do shows or they don't they did some like big shows for like a couple months and then they were done uh but ryan they're going back to the names uh ryan came up with this like he came up with this plan where um we stopped doing shows for a month and then he wrote this really corny letter uh, and posted it on on phillyshreds.com the uh the now defunct uh, website that I found out about all like house shows and stuff like that. John yeah. Paul yeah. from uh, WKDU ran it and I, I would find out that was how it, my suburb connection was like that's how I found out where shows were but uh, but he, he posted a, uh, this really like corny letter that said like oh we had a good run like we, you know, we're, we're done doing shows like thanks for everybody who came out and all the bands that played and blah 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 like mm-hmm. thanks to the Terror Dome the Terror Dome is done like right. rest in peace and then all of our shows after that were, were Ask a Punk and were no no cross streets, no address, and we would make up names. So it'd be like the palindrome, or like I there's like people, uh, 
one one of them was just like that secret punk house and that isn't in West Philly, like really lame. Yeah, like yeah. Just so like anybody who, who yeah. you know, certain people are just gonna know what that yeah. is. Yeah, and yeah. the people who don't know probably shouldn't be there anyway. Yeah, yeah. So we so that was and that was cool because after after I got out of that, um, I had a I had a new idea of like of like because I had heard about like licensing and inspection in other places and like with like. Uh, like Stellock 13 and like other things, but I, I didn't know. So to a certain extent, it's been it's been really cool because um, I I like the reason I, I like flyers so much is you can create this like network of people that is all like bought through a word of mouth like experience, and and it and it like avoids that and it's very it's also like it's fun to be like crafty and kind of sneaky. Yeah, about until stuff somebody like posted on the internet yeah, until because they want to show that they know about the thing. Yeah, and yeah. Then the jig although you know yeah. maybe Ellen is probably not reading the same message boards yeah, yeah. or something and sometimes and sometimes they are and sometimes they aren't uh uh it's like and i'm i'm always the i guess the person that's more skeptical about that from having lived lived through that so then i like i guess like i don't know i'm, I'm like rambling right now but i guess you were asking about house names so i i after terradome i moved away uh to connecticut for six weeks to do a program and I came back and then lived in the suburbs and when I started school the next year I moved to like southwest Philly uh, at a place called Don't Be a Jerk House that was sort of a, a, a short-lived house that did probably like 25 if, if we did 30 shows that would be a lot but I, I was trying to remember today in thinking about it um, Lighten Up uh, one of my favorite band from bands from Philly uh, uh, did their last show there that was like my I think my my favorite uh show that happened there and uh and it was like good it was a really dusty like basement it was kind of a tough place to live because there's just like a food it's like a food desert area yeah, and it was yeah. kind of a rough like i think there was a definite like after terradome doing like so many shows consistently and ava house at the same time which was this other house that did like probably four or five shows a month uh there was like a lot of stuff happening all at once and both shows both houses got shut down like really quickly and there were still places like uh the shore house was still active at the time and like international waters like still like long-running places like like the farm uh but it was still like inconsistent and uh which is a different thing now is that like uh houses tend to pick up the slack and then a lot of people are like connected with each other now and that like certain if a certain house goes out and other people other people will pick it up until another house Goes yeah, up, I guess a lot is, of people which is are getting, a lot better. Yeah, because a lot of people yeah. are getting a chance to see how these yeah. things work, and then just can kind of take it to where I mean, they're living yeah. somewhere, and chances yeah. are someone's going to live in a place where. And it was cool in in the wake of Terradome that a lot I saw a lot of kids who I weren't necessarily interested in doing shows before doing shows, or like living in houses and doing a few shows, and it was just, but it wasn't as like concrete, I guess. Um, and then. Uh, after a year of living at, at Don't Be a Jerk House, I I was pretty. I, I just got out of school and I was pretty burnt out on on uh, on like my my current living situation and and all these different things. So I actually moved to uh, to uh, Westchester, Pennsylvania, um, which has a uh, a uh, very vibrant like um, like punk scene uh, amongst itself. It's small, like it's there's like one house, and I, I moved to the one house and I lived there for for three months and it was sort of like it was sort of like punk rehabilitation. Cause it's like in the suburbs and you can see the stars and it's like yeah. really nice and everyone there is, is great they're like some of the nicest it's a very people. poppy kind of uh, it's, it is yeah, I, yeah. I was interesting because i listened to that wkdu interview mm -hmm. and yoni and yoni uh was talking about westchester and it was interesting because i because i lived there and i lived amongst yeah, yeah. that house and um it is it is very pop punk like oriented um and they're into just the same things that everyone else is but i think another thing that like an interesting thing that like coming from that like punk now versus punk then argument that I was talking about was the idea of like coming from the suburbs or growing up the reason I, I could say that the reason that like a pop punk band in the suburbs is much more accessible to kids or it's a lot easier to like be into like pop punk bands over the overtly political bands is because that's what like is concurrent in the suburbs and I think that's like sort of a reason why the Westchester scene has gravitated like now with the kids the, the kids in the, in the generation that they are is like that's that's sort of what they get into is, and and Westchester is I think is it, it's like it's good and not good in like talking you were talking about like whether or not Westchester would be would be involved because it is like it's very separate it's hard to get to the city yeah, and that's yeah. why that like it's it's you have to take a bus there's like one bus 
there's the Exton train, which is not even in Westchester, and then there's one bus to 69th Street, to the L, to whatever you have to go. So it's it's far. It's like it's it's a yeah, separate. Yeah, I, I consider it like I know that lots of Westchester people will come in and yeah, yeah. Westchester bands playing. But as far as like yeah. the scope of the project would kind of have to be more focused. On yeah, very much so. Yeah, yeah but yeah. I think uh, Westchester is like Westchester is its own thing, but it is also like it it, it has and doesn't have a connection. Because it was funny because I was very much like a Philadelphia person living in Westchester when I lived there, and 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 uh, and it's cool. Uh, I I love all those kids. I think Springer is like. They were a great band. They just recently broke up, and like Nona, Nona is doing a lot of cool stuff, and it's, it's cool. It, it could be, I think, like any, like any, any scene. It, it has its problems, and it, and it has its like great attributes. And when it's great, it's really great. Um, and it could be more active, but it's also like, in the same scene, it's like, in the same sense, it's like you live in a college town, and you have to like do what you can. So they do what they can, and it's, yeah, yeah. And it's awesome. So like, I, I lived there. It was a place called my parents' house, which was like an amazing house. It was. Uh, it was like an actual my like parents house except like a bunch of kids lived there it was really cheap um uh they had shows in the basement there was like a mini ramp in the backyard a huge backyard and like and like uh i worked at a pretzel shop for like three months and then i had to uh student loans came in and i and i had to move back and and, uh now i'm on the kind of consistent struggle of of like work and loans and, and shows and stuff like that but i uh I was kind of jolted back into living in the city, and I, I didn't really have a place to live. So, um, my uh, one of my my best friend and uh, my my actually my cousin Eddie uh, Eddie Robinson, he he lived at a house called Cloud City, um, which is on Fifty Second and Florence, and uh, I moved in on the couch in uh, in like November of two thousand. 2011 no 2012 November 2012 because this was you talked about just a few sure. months ago or? yes okay. um, yeah. and Cloud City uh, kind of picked up uh, I helped I guess like from living at the Terradome Eddie Eddie is like he's younger and he he had been present at the Terradome because we we knew each other and it was cool it was nice because like I was sort of a connection for him to to come to the city when he was like 16 so he would stay at the Terradome all the time and he t- Cloud City was sort of his his next step uh he lived at don't be a jerk house for a few months and then he he was like cloud city is the place that i want to do this mm-hmm. and i was fortunate enough to come in on that uh with like these right, this guy uh one of the sweetest people one of my another best friend in the world uh this guy joe spurlock who just like one of the sweetest people and was just like open up the house let's do it like right. and so we got we kind of got the same vibe of teradome but it was cool because we were a little bit more a little bit wiser so it wasn't necessarily like uh like the cleanest place but it also wasn't like at sometimes it could be a real a real shithole and at other times it was a very nice place to live and it was like it was uh, we lived at cloud city for a year and a half and in a year and a half we did like over i think it was 120 shows jesus a um, lot of shows and those were this, I, I'm like really proud of Cloud City. I would still live in Cloud City today if the parking were better. It was on a small side street, so it was very hard to like. We we dealt with like great and again like, West Philly is the best neighbors, and the the people were like so enthusiastic that like, bands from we had Smart Cops from Italy play D Clone from Japan. Multiple there was like one week where like every Japan raw punk band played our house, uh, and it was like awesome. Like and there was like tons of people at shows and just like. Uh, there was like one week where in July where we did like six hardcore punk shows like in a, in a week and it, and it was like awesome. it was like the 4th of July weekend so it was just this like marathon of like ridiculous shows and, and that place was like a really great place to live even like amongst like ups and downs and like certain uh, certain like roommate troubles and like certain like shit there was a lot of shifting of, of people and it sort of became a core of like me, Eddie and Joe uh, for the most part um, and there was like like people who were who would add and, and detract from that situation, but once it was like evened out, uh, it became like this like really great place that I valued a lot, that I learned a lot about like punk as a, as like a creative force and as like a place that we were like really active about about like making sure our shows weren't put on the internet and and were like distributed to people and that people had to find out about where we were and not that it was it not that it was an exclusive place but that it was like a place where people should like be into doing be into being there 
and and yeah. and it was it was. And you want to retain cool. your sustainability because yeah. otherwise the, you're just basically yeah. hanging so it was, the event. That's why it was as sustainable yeah. as it was. Was that we had like almost no internet presence, and we just like like we would, like try it as hard as we could to like flyer and and do all these different things and like and that and I think that I'm I'm happy to have, to have lived there and like done like as I don't know. There was just like a lot of like really great shows that happened there, and uh, I don't know. As most of the people that I've met that I now know, it was it was a great place to meet everyone in West Philly that I knew already and become friends with them. It became like a good centerpiece, at least for me, of like people from International Waters or people from the Shore House or people from. Uh, from even and other people from like South Philly and, and North Philly and like doing like trying to do as many shows as possible and like really actively like like I guess like connect with people on, on a certain and that that was that was the last house that I officially lived in. I lived at Golden Tea House for three months when when uh, or two months, but I was on tour for a full month of that. So I don't I can't necessarily count that because Golden Tea House is is, is their own thing. They're 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 another house that's like really picking up like and doing great things uh uh yeah the golden tea house is another place that's like built for shows that's like a current place mm -hmm. um and there's a lot of this like a really great like in that same vibe of, of like people like cloud city went down and it, and it sucked but there was like four houses that were already doing shows yeah and, yeah and it's like it's like i i went to a show there was a show around the corner from my house yesterday. I had to take a break from like going to shows because April was like, there was like, we marked out our calendar and I think of, of the entire month of April, there was like 16 or 17 shows, yeah. 16 or 17 events on top. I apologize for not making the the uh, the, the, event, the Laugh Fast Philly event because I was at a show because yeah. my friend's band was playing and I, I couldn't go. Um, you can come out to the Portland show. <laughs> yeah, 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 it'll be good. Um, yeah, so it's like, it's there's there's like a I don't know Philly it's from like growing up in the time that I did and like and like it feels like Philadelphia is at like high point of of what it was and may, and I'm, and it's more like it's that could also come because I'm like more regularly involved and I know more people yeah but even in the same sense there is like an interest in Philadelphia that that wasn't felt when I was younger that like wasn't like like the city itself has changed a lot and there's like definitely like people are starting to take more notice of philadelphia as a major metropolitan area yeah because it it, it still does feel like the the city between yeah, new, york new york and boston DC. and dc yeah. and the, it's sort of like the middle it's like the middle child of like the east coast it just like doesn't really get the attention that it deserves but there's like another part of me that almost like loves that as and is like is like really invested in the idea that that uh that like it it's an it's its own thing and that it's and that it's like it's it's a great place for people to be called on their shit there isn't like a pretense to like you can't really be pretentious amongst like a punk culture in philadelphia because in spite of all this like historization or of, like all these all these great bands and all these people there's like a concurrent thing of like philly's always sort of like people are gonna hate me for this philly's always sort of sucked like all the time but it's like it's in in spite of like this place that we live that's the middle ground it's so like always great and there's always these people that like it like it it does both at the same time like it has this duality of of like of it's like it's so amazing because it's like it shouldn't be yeah. at all and it's yeah. like well it's i guess it's amazing yeah. because of what the efforts of people yeah. people like people, you and people yeah. like your friends who do yeah i'm sorry wait for the motorcycles it's like on. a motorcade yeah um Maybe doing an interview outside wasn't such a good idea. <laughs> um, yeah, the city yeah. benefits because it seems like there are a lot of really sincere people in it who want, who who recognize the suck, yeah. and say, "I live here. I don't yeah. want this to be a sucky place." And then it becomes a great place because of those yeah. efforts and the kind of the continuing yeah. efforts. I think it, I think I could maybe articulate in the sense of that, like, there is nothing to lose by by being here. There's no like, you can be whatever you want to be because there's no. There is no like backing, like I I love Wide Eye and I love FOD and I love like you know bands like Ink and Dagger and Kid Dynamite and that's like a, a huge like important part to me. But another important part of that is like 
no, those people are just people. They're from Philly. Like they're yeah, just you, like you can see them if you, you want to see them, unless yeah, they're dead. You can see them but, if you uh, want to. Yeah, 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 of course. But like, but like, they're it's still just like it's still as as present as it was, and that there isn't like there isn't the like the like weight of being from New York City and like having the, this whole culture surrounding yeah. you. And all There's also no things. sound. There's no Philly sound. Yeah. In, in at least in hard. If, if, if anything, sound the, disco, if anything, the sound is more of a, a dissonance of like all of these things mixing together. Yeah, yeah. Of, of, it's like. There, there isn't like a yeah. There isn't like a. Boston. There's not like a Boston straight edge, yeah, like New yeah. York hardcore, yeah, yeah. you know, DC early yeah. '80s sound. Yeah. Like Philly is. is it's like almost like weird dudes. Weird Philly, which yeah. is like, I love being weird yeah. and being from Philly. I think it's well, I mean, great. Part of I mean, yeah. I know you now because you wrote me an email. Uh, yeah. And and, in, and I guess well, I'll have you kind of explain. If people want to hear the email, I read part of it in the WKDU interview um, that, that was done with me at, at the beginning of the interviews. But yeah. So why don't you explain like why you you elected to write this okay. interview and what the idea was in, in writing you okay. know, the things that you wrote? Yeah, I guess like um, uh, it came from that was that wasn't interesting because it came from uh, before we before we started speaking or before the interview we were we were kind of talking about like. Uh, how we're on the same page about a lot of the ideas of like what the what all the interviews do and like this is sort of like mosaic connection of like all these different people and that like the experience of of like living in philadelphia or like of these these like these things is like philadelphia is a very complicated place to be be from and i think like uh it's not it's not easy to pin down and and i had heard of the i guess yeah, we were saying there's like two documentaries that are that are coming out. I had heard of these documentaries, and I had, I had mainly heard and like groaned and just sort of like, oh no, please don't, because it's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, the in idea of like alone in Phil yeah in Philadelphia alone too is just like, is is that like, for one any like I just couldn't think of any way to like really like make of like do anything justifiably, and I. Uh, in my own in my own uh, stupidity, and I apologize. I, I actually had confused you as like one of these people, and I thought that that's actually like what it was. What the, which is understandable the because was. there was nothing really known about it at the time. Yeah, so there was nothing really out there to say this is what. I it didn't is. know much, and I didn't know much of like what it was. And most of the most of the uh, information I was I was uh, gaining from it, to be honest, was was from uh, my my good friend uh, Will McAndrew, who who did a who did an interview, and. Will, I love Will to death. He's he does way more than I do. He's so industrious, and and he he'll uh, I don't know. It's it's yeah. He and he's like way younger than I am, and he's like he's he's so much cooler, and he's he's got tons of internet presence. It's cool. I'm in bands with him. It's great because he because he uh, he hypes every band, and I don't have to do anything. Uh, <laughs> but nice. but uh, he like uh, so I was hearing it from him. Who and I I have friends. Who have who have lived in the city and Will's lived in the city for I guess going on three years above that, and I and I've like coming up from growing up here and, and doing all these different things. I was like, that's strange. You're you're being interviewed for this this thing that is uh, a cohesive uh, a cohesive like uh, mosaic talking about Philadelphia punk and and Phil, like DIY in Philadelphia, and and it's it's interesting. Not that I was like jealous, but that I was more like. I was more like, what's what's going on? Because like, no offense, well, I've been around a little bit longer than you, and I know other people have been around longer than you too. So it was like kind of this like, this sort of like, I was like, I was like, I'm not trying to offend you, but like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah. and so he he told me about it, and he's like, well, this is like actually what it is. But if you want to like send the guy an email, if you feel that bad about it, then then just send it. So I kind of like, I being that I I, I did feel as strongly as I did about it, I wanted to like send an email and find out more what it was about, and I. I most of the things that I, I guess I like talked about more in depth in this interview were like put into that email, and it was essentially about um, me asking you, like, what what is this? Is this a documentary? As what's it going to be about? And like, is that is that like is it is it really going to be like worth it to do? And it's like if it is a documentary, I have no like I have no say in what you're going to do, but I have yeah. to say that like that like it's there's a lot of people who are going to be like very and who are going to be very like put off by by a documentary on Philadelphia because Philadelphia is so much more rich and cultural in yeah. in doing it and it, and it's and it's funny because like in in going back and like talking about that listening to that WKDU interview that you mentioned of like uh, 
talking uh, uh, of talking about like documentaries as like a, a director having a thesis mm-hmm. or of like of working from one thesis and proving a point yeah and then it was like exact i kind of feel exactly the same way so it was, it was funny that i wrote this this like sort of not like not angry but like but like tense like yeah 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 it, passionate i guess yeah passionate uh, yeah passionate like uh like message uh about something that to someone who i actually like pretty much like agree with like on on most bases of doing it and i think like this project is 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 really cool and it was like it was really really great to like hear like what joe from the dead milkman has to say versus like people from the morphines or people that i haven't heard as much about that i like you know and i and there's like and that's like more like i don't know from like being nerdy about philadelphia in general is that like i can think of like his kids who are younger than me that you know have no concept of who of who any of those people are yeah yeah and could like uh like the accessibility of that is is like pretty interesting i will i will however say that i don't uh i i uh i i worry about uh, in talking about that licensing and inspection thing of like philadelphia currently of like i i i have i'm avoiding like naming cross streets because i Oh, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. Which is fine. And and it, I, yeah, because yeah. this shit is out there. Yeah, and the, it's, it's, it's out there. It's not going to be like a big beep over, you know, when you say the name of something. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it does. But, yeah, yeah, I think it's fine. So I think, like, I'm not hesitant to the, like, I guess if I didn't, if it, if it comes across that I didn't name that many things, it's, it's kind of because, like, I I am so can, I, I want people to be in... I want people to find out about it. I want people to like. Yeah, you're there's not also, taking there's an also the, yeah, there's all view this, from the, the yeah, yeah. There's there's like this. There's all this like. There's all this talk of like, of, of like every of like having too much too much accessibility to like punk and all these different things. But that's just sort of like, it's just like, it's individually based. Like really, if you want to find out about something and you and you want to do it outside, I think it's more. It's it's more gratifying to me, I guess. Oh yeah, 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 um, yeah. In the same way that like you could download yeah. the thing instantaneously, or you can you can yeah. seek it out. Yeah. People who want to know where these things are happening, they can find yeah. the people. They can find out about it. It's yeah, not yeah. like you're being exclusionary and saying yeah. you know us cool kids are going to be at this show and you dorks aren't going to know yeah. about. But it. At, but at the same time, it's also that's a reciprocal thing, and I, I feel as like I I am I am just as important in that part in like providing providing information for people or like in, in talking about flyers or in, or in talking about like making zines and and like I, I has recently started doing like a, a Philadelphia based fan scene that like is essentially it's like a non non internet based thing that that is like talks about houses and talks about bands that are current there's like uh, there's like so many great like current bands like in the city that it's like uh, uh, I guess I'm, I'm can, is it cool if I since I have this like thing to like rattle off like current is like uh like bad doctors uh they sound like joy division and devo and they're like incredible their like new record is awesome plague dogs uh it's like really good like rock and roll cross band um who else? i'm like now i'm like drawing a blank so cauldron they sound the cauldron uh they sound like slayer uh they literally sound like slayer it's awesome uh they're they're really good those are like i think my like three top favorite right now um wills in a bunch of great bands uh low charge um what else low charge we're we're in a band together called called bad side that's okay um they're gonna be mad at me because it's like a a mysterious thing to like say that we're not in the band but we are i am uh uh but uh but uh yeah there's like backsliders great um uh who else gash uh they're like a rock and roll like like a a fast core band mixed with like Black Sabbath and Budgie and they're like incredible. Uh, God, there's like so many good bands like all over and like Nona, Westchester bands, Nona and like um, Martin. Martin's a really good band, Crybaby. Um, there's like more pop punk bass. And those, these are bands that like, there's like, Philadelphia is another place that like, it's, it's very neighborhood based and it's very much like there's like South Philly and West Philly and North Philly and, and all these different things. And it's like, it's almost, it's like, it's kind of negative that like they're, that like, kids say that like west philly doesn't go south or south philly doesn't go west or like north philly doesn't care about anybody or like any of these different things but it's like there's also this like it's like great to live in a city that is so rich in in like in like a do-it-yourself culture that there are like cultures within it that like yeah yeah. so each neighborhood can be this self-sustaining yeah they're like completely self-sustaining like i could i want to because there are like good bands from south philly 
that play like uh, bands like Population Zero or like uh, um, there's like other I don't know this is like, like I, I wish I could say that South Philly I wish was more uh, sustainable in in uh, venue wise um, because I think like there is definitely a vibe of like a more of a party vibe down there mm-hmm. um, which is which is good to a certain extent but if it like I don't know I think it's only good to me if, you, if it's like if there's like an output you know if, if you're like doing shows all the time if you're doing a hundred wild shows that's like cool um, but I think if, it, if it's like two shows and then the house gets shut down because you're punching a hole in the wall or you're like too drunk then like <laughs> yeah who cares it's, like, it's the same problem happens in like West Philly or in, or in North Philly too there's a lot of there's like the guild uh, which is like a group of kids who, who book mainly in the pop punk I guess sphere um, uh, it's a lot of kids from like outside of the city who have kind of made Philadelphia their their home and it's pretty cool they're from the sort of Scranton area um, living living in the city there a lot of the, some of those kids were, were based around that Ava house place uh, and they do a lot of really good good things um, there's like uh, the DIY PHL which you which you uh, like interviewed um, and they're all uh, cool thing about that that interview is I think uh, all of those people are from like outside of the city, like not even suburban. As as far as I as far as I know, I'm pretty sure it's like uh, every person came from from uh, from a different city and, yeah, yeah, and is yeah, doing yeah. A, a Philadelphia-based yeah, uh, right, thing, yeah. which is which is definitely very like relevant and, and interesting yeah. and and pretty cool that there's like there's like this influx of, of like interest on in the city of like of like people coming from other areas and being like, whoa, Philly's actually- Yeah, that's cool. what, that was something that I wanted to get into in the, yeah. the other interviews with people who came into Philly was, you know, for folks like, how did you, how, how was Philly perceived in the area that you lived in and what drew you to it? And yeah. then, you know, how do you feel now that you're sort of in the belly of the beast? You know, what do you think about this place? Um, but I mean, you know, you grew up close enough that it was yeah. basically like your backyard. Um, I feel more at home here than I do anywhere else. That's good. We love yeah. you. Stay here because yeah. people who are like creatively, actively involved in doing stuff this is exactly what the city needs. So, like you know, you and and your people are like contributing a really important thing to the culture of the city, which is not yeah. just like it's primarily known as a sports city, um, and there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. But certainly not my thing. But I'm. But you know, it's often to the exclusion of all of the other arts in the city. So, mm-hmm. uh, not that like you're seeking the same funding or something as arts venues but it's good that the Philly can be known as something other than a sports city and like a yeah. fucking soft pretzel or some bullshit yeah, like pretzel. that no one gives the a Rocky fuck steps. about there's yeah. a really good article <laughs> Rocky steps. there's a really good article in the paper about uh, doing doing a, making a statue for Polly I don't know if you read that recently from I'm not reading it I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to I don't give a fuck about Polly or Rocky it has nothing to do with yeah, me yeah. in my life yeah. uh all right. Well, we should probably wrap this up. Yeah. Um, but thank you very much Jim, for uh, talking to yeah. me. And thank you for uh, presenting cool. the email, which I think was uh, was really great. Yeah. All right. Super. Thank great. You. Thanks.